Hola Madridistas, this is Vault09 and welcome to another podcast by your favorite <coughs> favorite Real Madrid fan page, Los Michael Central. Today with me we have RM Ash and we bring you this podcast on a bummer note. Uh, our tank, Casemiro, has departed for Manchester United, the clowns, and um, <laughs> we, we are obviously disappointed, but we are still kind of happy for him to be getting a good paycheck. And leaving to see his friends, Cristiano and Veron, to be captained by Harry Maguire. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this is something which came out of nowhere, to be fair. But yeah. it is something we're going to have to deal with now. So let's go to RMS. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like, how did you take this news when it first hit you? I, uh, I was actually the one who posted the very long thread on Twitter, explaining why I believe Casemiro would stay. And uh, I really believed he would. Because uh, I guess I only believed he would stay because I was really hopeful and emotional, obviously. But when you look at it in hindsight, there was no reason for him to stay, as we were discussing. Um, there's just he's won everything there is to win. He's accomplished everything. There's nothing left for him to prove at Madrid. And so plus, like seven, we know that. Uh, so like seven yeah. stages of denial or something like a grief. Yeah. You started with denial. I skipped now the you final are at acceptance. <laughs> Yeah, I went from denial to acceptance. What else is there? What am I going to do? But yeah, True. like we know that, especially at Madrid, <clears throat> even look at Luka Modric, arguably our best player year by year. We've offered him, since he turned 30, we offered him, I think, one two-year contract when he won the Ballon d'Or. I think every year we've offered him a new contract, only because he's past 30. So Casemiro knew what was coming, and he knew United's offer was essentially irresistible to him. And you cannot believe him at all. Yeah, because his contract expires in three years, and mm -hmm. by the time it does, he's 32 and a half. So he knows mm -hmm. he's only going to get a year contract, and by the time maybe he won't get as big a paycheck that he's getting mm -hmm. with United. So I don't yeah, think we can blame him for taking this, because obviously he has to think of his family and uh, mm -hmm. security and stability, but at the same time, he has nothing left to prove. Yeah, exactly. So, like he's completed his dream of playing for Real Madrid, yeah. becoming the champions, and then he decided to take his paycheck and live yeah. in the circus. But uh, I don't know why I keep taking shots at United. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're allowed. We're allowed to do this. Yeah, it's, again, I'm still like on the third or fourth step of you know grief, so I'm still in <laughs> anger stage. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. So, uh, but yeah, I mean... Yeah. Like leaving okay. Madrid... Is not some anything you know. Is not easy because people die to come here. But mm -hmm. uh, for Casemiro, I think it was time because, as we discussed, he was on not on the decline. I would say, but he was just <laughs> getting there. Plus, yeah. we had signed his, the, his replacement as well. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a very big thing for him. I think um, being benched in that first game, I don't think that was a huge, huge factor. But I think it kind of he got a taste of what was coming, and he knew even though his contract had three years, within a year or less, maybe less than a year, maybe by the end of this year, too, how many would have placed him in the starting lineup? I don't think so, yeah. but I think it's possible. Yeah. Yes, because as you said, it gives a taste of what's coming because he's getting, an, he's becoming yeah. an old man. He's thirty years plus, yeah. and like even yeah, though Ancelotti will definitely prefer him in big games, it yeah. still isn't. Uh, Maybe not good enough for him. Maybe he still wants to play. But uh, you know, uh, from the reports that mentioned, he he wanted a good offer for both the club and the player, and that's only mm. when he would accept. So he not only yeah. was looking out for himself, but he was also looking out for the club, which I really respect. If the reports yeah. are true, by him signing with United, maybe they won't go for Diong, and if Diong ends up staying, they won't be able to register Kunde unless they sell uh, yeah. both of their strikers. Which so sacrifices will, their so exactly yeah. so it's just um, he took one for the team yeah he went and joined as he United does. so mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So respect for that team. yeah I think uh, I feel like this kind of whole I, I wouldn't even call it a saga it was over in less than two days but this whole kind of this this situation that has happened now it was very it feels different to any other transfer we've had before. I feel like Ramos, we knew his time was coming and he was out. Um, Varan, we were like, oh, he wants a new challenge. Sure, whatever, he can go. But I don't know. I feel like Casemiro was very different in the sense that 
it just came out of nowhere. Like we were like, okay, we have Casemiro. He's going to be a metric to draw many for the next year. We can go for the treble next year. And then all of a sudden, United starts going hashtag lasers out. So they splash 80 million on Casemiro. It just came yeah, out of like, nowhere. Uh, and that was, I don't know. It feels different. I don't like the way it feels. It feels different than other transfers we've had. It feels the same as Cristiano's transfer. Exactly, right? yes. That's what, because yeah. the thing is, when Ramos left, I was more upset than when Cristiano left. But with Cristiano, yeah. I was more, uh, like, I felt like somebody died. This yeah. is what I, exactly yeah. I'm feeling like. I, I agree. Uh, I, I feel you, yeah. Because I, I didn't hate Ronaldo at all. Neither, neither did I hate Ramos. Mm-hmm. But with Ramos, it was more of hurt that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like your big brother is leaving your family. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. Yeah. But with, with Casemiro, because it again, it came out of nowhere. And yeah, when United had that shock defeat, this was mm-hmm. like, in all fairness, from United point of view, Casemiro is the player to sort out their midfield. But Arguably, without, yeah. the, without the supporting staff around him, he would not be only he would not be able to take care of the whole situation by himself. But again, he's the perfect mm-hmm. signing for him. And yeah, uh, like, if you look at uh, if you look at Casemiro's profile himself, even if let's say Casemiro wasn't at Madrid, let's say he was at some other team where he was the star midfielder, I think he could take a team to Champions League glory. But well, not by himself, obviously. He needs a good team around him. I'm not saying he can take like Norwich to glory, but um, with the likes of Modric and Cruz around him, that's the main main reason we won the three peat and then another one and then five. That's why we so had maybe like Champions something League. Yaya Toure did with City. Sure, yeah, I'm not too familiar with Yaya Toure in City, but I guess yeah, I guess. Like so. you know, in 2014, 2016, Yaya Toure, uh, he ran the show in the midfield, like before De Bruyne oh, came like that. and okay, became yeah, De Bruyne. Yeah. Okay. He was the guy, and it, um, I think Casemiro, like yeah, as you said, Casemiro could have done. But I look at this trio not as individuals, but a combination of all three. Like it's mm. like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. You can't say one piece is and weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't say one piece is better than the other. No, no, of course not. They all have a different aspect. You that you can't argue the better midfielder between the three. As exactly. a like fan, imagine imagine a car and yeah. in the car you have the engine which is Cruz. He is sort yeah. of running the whole show, controlling the tempo, yeah. controlling the speed. Mm-hmm. Then you have the steering mm-hmm. which is giving you direction. With Modric yeah. is the steering, Modric, yeah. and he's driving which way the game's going. Yeah. And Casemiro is the exterior, the tank is protecting yeah. everything inside. I think that's how this whole thing worked. Let's say your engine yeah. is malfunctioning. If you want the same performance, you need somebody to replace Cruz, who's the yeah. engine, with that exact capability. If you look at Barcelona, what happened? Like they had the pro- again before KCM, they probably had the best midfield trio of all time. I agree. Arguably, they just, just still are the best midfield trio because, again, they complemented each other. They covered for each other. So when mm-hmm. Xavi left, like, of the trio, Xavi was the first one to leave. And mm-hmm. that, when they tried to replace him with Rakitic, even to be fair, in his last season, Rakitic played majority of the games. Rakitic mm-hmm. wasn't exactly Xavi because it's, you can't find identical players to replace each other. And no, that's okay. when it started to deteriorate. And then in 2018, Iniesta leaves. They can't mm-hmm. find this. So this whole system breaks down because the tiki-taka system they played was based on the absolute yeah. genius of these three midfielders. With KCM, I think the difference between yeah. ours... I, I, I think it's going to be a quick thought, but I think the difference between our trio and that trio, the Xavi and Iesta, um, with Busquets, I think the difference is that theirs just complemented the system. Like they, as they had... The, Barca had the system. They complemented the system. Madrid, our system is based on R3. It's different than Barca's. So I think like if, if you're talking about the player profiles themselves, you can't really put them as like the same car analogy. Like Madrid, yeah, you can. Casemiro, Cruz Modric. But Xavi and Iniesta, it's more like just um, an orchestra. Like they're the ones that are kind of part of it, but they're the most important part of it, if you get what I'm saying. So it's in, in a way like... You know, an engine can't be a steering, but in their yeah. trio, like in their trio, anyone could do anyone's job. So it's like a total football Essentially, ideology, yeah. basically. But they were all very similar. They were all similar to each other. Yeah. Like, you know, Casimiro is not going to have Modric's flair or Cruz's yeah, passing exactly. ability, or Cruz is not going to have more, like, 
defensive ability. Precisely. Casemiro. But with, I think, uh, like Busquets, Xavi and Iniesta, they sort of had everyone's quality with each other. They they were interchangeable, basically. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, I was, this like whole analogy came from mainly like being a trio and complementing each other and working well with each other. It's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, these two players are great and they can work with anyone who's coming in their third place. Yeah. Yeah. This was more about like chemistry between the three. I think this is what I looked at as our midfield. That yeah. these three together, like all all of them together, it's probably it works best. To, it's like jigsaw puzzles; they just fit with each other. They wouldn't; they're not going to fit anyone yes. else. Yeah. So maybe yeah, when Casemiro goes to United, on paper maybe he looks a perfect replacement or like perfect uh, piece of their puzzle, but maybe he won't be because players around yeah, him aren't Cruz and Modric. Yeah, exactly. That's a big test for him because we haven't seen much of Casemiro. And then, like, for example, last season, we didn't see Casemiro, Ceballos, Camavinga. We didn't see that, but we saw a lot of, like, Cruz with Camavinga and Valverde. Or you could put in players with Modric and Cruz, but Casemiro needs specific profiles around him, all around him, throughout the whole team, to succeed. And I'm not saying that because he's a bad player, not at all. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. He's the best DM in the world. He has been for the past, what, four years? Kante was up there, but Kante did not touch Casemiro's level. Casemiro's been top, 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 and... He, but he still needs those profiles around him because he's a very niche player. Because think about like how the other two behave when Casemiro has the ball. Like he's just recovered the ball yeah. in midfield. Cruz is to his left yeah. all the time, deep, mm-hmm. yeah. waiting to spring the pass to either Mendy or Vinicius going forward, mm-hmm. or to his yeah. right. He always has Modric who's going to just carry the ball. So mm-hmm. I think he was sort of being in the system for last. Um, six seasons since 2015-16 yeah. so yeah six seasons this is probably would have been his seventh season and mm-hmm. uh, I think both of these guys complemented him very well yeah but they were with outlets, Bruno and Christian Eriksen and McFred yeah. around Casemiro <clears throat> either he's gonna make them better or he's gonna have a homicide with Fred's yeah I don't know dribbling so yeah. we don't know we don't know we have no idea Especially if you think about it, just sort of his outlets, like Casemiro's that anchor you have. He gets the ball, he just gives it away to Modric or Cruz, and they do what they do. Casemiro's not the guy who will win the ball back, run it up the pitch, and create a goal. He won't do that for you. De Bruyne is a player that I can see like that. He'll carry the ball through the field, just like Modric, and he'll make a goal. Casemiro can't do that. He won't do that. But De, Bruyne that is, De Bruyne is the kind of player who can do anything. Like, remember yeah, what... Uh, or even Fernandinho, is, it's a completely different kind of player. Pep said, Fernand, yeah. if he, if you get like one goalkeeper and ten Fernandinho's, he can win any title, yeah. which is probably true because yeah. he's he has everything. Like he's basically jack of all trades. Yeah. Reminds me of Casimir. Uh, no, I'm just saying it reminds me of that quote. I think by Ferguson who said, "Give me ten pieces of wood in Zidane, and I'll win the Champions League." But if you actually think about it, you have ten pieces of wood. Or actually, sorry, eight pieces of wood: Casemiro, Ronaldo, and Varane. So as we were saying with Varane. Uh, he will be part of their starting eleven when he's fit. I see them kind of. Ch- I don't know Ten Hag's tactics. I don't know the way he, the system he uses. Um, I didn't watch Ajax at all, except when they beat us. But Who I don't watches? Know about that. Yes. <laughs> Who watches Eredivisie? Um, I don't know, man. Some these football analysts will they watch everything, but I am not one of them. So, but no, I don't know Ten Hag's system. But I think he has every reason right now to adapt to a simple four-three-three. He has that outlet. He has the wingers to do it. He has the strikers. And he has the DM. DM, I think, is one of the most important in a 4-3-3. And uh, with Sanic Casemiro, I think he got the perfect DM for a 4-3-3. Like one of the biggest issues that I think Casemiro could address is not on paper it's, or like on the pitch. It's more like the leadership he brings. Because yeah. he's an alpha. Like He's going to take charge with mm-hmm. and Fred around him. And he's going to be a role model for those guys. Even I think I Ericsson, like he's sort of a mild character, and Bruno, yeah. yes, he is the second captain for United. But uh, with Casemiro and his reputation, I think he will take charge in the midfield and mm-hmm. sort of dictate things. So I think that's going to be good because Varane is also a leader in the back and Ronaldo yeah. up front if he stays. And uh, I think, I think it's going to nobody. Where's he going to go? Uh, Dortmund is showing interest in Ronaldo, but that's another story because. Um, I don't see that. Yeah, I can. I if he see. wants to go to Bundesliga, just go to Bayern Munich. Otherwise, everything is like... Yeah, you're just wasting time there. You're not going to win the 
Bundes- what's it called? The Bundesliga Shield? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah. No, Bundesliga yeah. is uh, not something to be discussed. But uh, moving on to yeah. the transfer of Casemiro. There's yeah. an allegation he's going for the money. Uh, we have addressed that, but just to revisit it. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I posted on Facebook today about his childhood, um, how his father abandoned his family when he was five years old. Then uh, he had like two siblings to take care of. Uh, he had hepatitis when he was 14. So this guy, he's seen the lows of life as well. It's not that he was born with a you know, silver spoon in his mouth or anything. He's struggled. Mm-hmm. And he's not only lived his dream, made his dream come true, is probably one of the best centered defensive midfielders of his generation. And then he's mm-hmm. running after a paycheck, which again, is not a bad thing at all. This is. I don't think... Sorry, I just don't think we should say he's running after the paycheck. I, I don't, I don't because he's not like. Okay, that's probably a very bad Mbappe. term to use. More yeah. like you know, uh, not running after the paycheck, but he's yeah. weighing pros and cons. And yeah. since yeah. he has won everything there is to win at the club level, I don't mm-hmm. think thinking of himself in terms of financial stability is a bad thing or makes him. Uh, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, as we discussed, like with the contracts. We've seen how Modric gets one-year contracts. Modric, like think of who we're talking about, second exactly. most important player after Benzema last season. It's Modric. He has a Ballon d'Or to his name, and we give him one-year contracts. What makes not just like think? think about Ramos when he didn't sign contracts Ramos, in yeah. time? We yeah. said like, I'm sorry, but we're not going to offer it again. So exactly, I don't think That's anyone comes above Ramos in terms of Madridism. No. Like as a Madridist, I don't think anybody comes above him. Yeah. So. If we can say no to Ramos, I don't think we would have said anything else to mm-hmm. Casemiro. Exactly. And frankly, I think Casemiro did not take what was... They basically gave him a retirement offer. You're 30 years old. Here you go. We'll sign you for five years. Double your wage. Essentially, double your wage. And five years guaranteed. So you're 35. You have double the money you would have had in three years. And then you can retire. Or you can play on. If he feels like he can play on, who knows? But we won't know. But uh, he would have been, frankly, he would have been stupid to not take it, I think. Unless, yeah, because uh, he had nothing else to prove. If you want to compare it to the Mbappe situation, Mbappe is different. Mbappe has everything yet to prove. He's won nothing except League Ones and the France Cup. I don't, right? I don't know if that's so relevant. Well, he has a World Cup. Just to... Yeah. yeah, just to bring an interesting stat, Mbappe is 23 years old and has never scored a free kick in his career. <laughs> <laughs> Casemiro has probably that. three free kicks to his name with I one so, banger yeah. he scored for Porto. So, yeah, okay. There are levels yeah. to this game, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, like if you want to just look at it that way, as in he's he has earned every right to get what has been given to him by United and we cannot fault him and we cannot be mad at him for anything because it's Casemiro he's won it all he's done it all it's time for him to change his time has come to be fair like there probably isn't another team in the world in Europe who would offer same contract to I know Casemiro at this time and age because I don't think anyone else would go for a 30 plus year old midfielder to solve their problems unless it's a club yeah. which is not competing for bigger titles which essentially what united Sounds is but yeah. as club as big as united being in that situation is something sort of you know stars have aligned for casemiro to get this opportunity yeah. which yeah, again you realize and he house. said yeah i'm not gonna get this get a better offer and good on him yeah. because but now that move that moves us to the next section that he has left and now we have to deal with the mm. loss of a great midfielder yeah. and uh, so who do you think is a possible replacement within the squad like let's before we go outside okay. the club we'll go within the squad yeah so okay. with I the, think, yeah. the right um, the most logical replacement that has been in front of us or like the player that was bought to be his replacement is Chomeni. Mm. Mm, yeah, and clearly. how do you evaluate him being the replacement right away? Because the future has been preponed to now. Mm. I I see Chouamani as, I think, again, as we said at the very start, by the end of the season, Chouamani possibly would have replaced Casemiro in the starting 11. It's possible. Yes. 
I think Chouamani, we've seen that he has the technical ability. He has the physical ability. He's capable. We can't judge off the Almeria game. That was what... He didn't even get 90 minutes, I don't think. He got subbed off, didn't he? He was subbed so, off around I don't remember. 45, I'm not sure, but... I think. Or 50... So I don't yeah. know. But again, yeah, he yeah. had a stinker of the game in nutshell. Yeah, Kim and, and we can judge off... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, we look. Kamavinga had a stinker, but look what he did last season. He changed the game against PSG and City. That's yes. the two of the best teams in the world. So you can't judge off ninety minutes, and we have to judge off what we see. Well, right now we have to judge off the statistics that we have, and the things that we've seen in preseason, and from what we've seen, his class. So I think he's a possible replacement for Casemiro. Bringing statistics, let's discuss uh, what like their stats of the last three and sixty-five. So basically in one year. So if we evaluate just Casemiro and Chouameni, Casemiro makes 3.15 tackles every 90 minutes. Mm. While, and he wins around 2.2 tackles every 90 minutes, while Chouameni wins the similar amount of tackles while attempting probably just below three tackles. So percentage mm. of winning tackles is much higher compared to Casemiro for Germany. and mm-hmm. uh, But the place where he has made tackles for Monaco have been mostly in the middle third of the pitch. Of the pitch mm-hmm. And then it's the defensive third. While for Casemiro, 1.78 tackles every 90 minutes is, has been made in defensive third, which puts him the highest in probably Europe. While yeah. for Germany, he's only made 1.27. So half a tackle every 90 minute less than Casemiro in the mm. every 90 minute in defensive third which goes to show like the different uh, style of play that Profiles. Casemiro yeah, styles of play. plays yeah. and well, what Chouameni is used to yeah we have to consider that in the last year uh, Chouameni faced teams like Nice and I, his hardest competition has been PSG and that's twice a year if you look at Casemiro's games that he's played he's come up Champions League we went to the Champions League final we went Copa del Rey games, we had La Liga games, and he played every single one. So And not just that, like, that uh, thinking of Chouameni as not just based on his Almeria game, it more like he's been playing mm-hmm. for France. I think he's played like five or six games. Yeah, or probably he's played more. a couple for France, that's correct. Yeah. Exactly, and he's, he's been fitting like a glove, like he's starting yeah. games, he's controlling from the back, so, mm-hmm. and it, he's a good, actually he's a very good shooter, he has heading ability. The guy can do yeah. many things. So yeah, he's, he's, I, I don't think he's, he's going to take. Yeah. He's going to take too long to fit into this role, mm-hmm. and I think we should yeah. be focusing on Chouameni as the natural replacement and giving him mm-hmm. more responsibility. Again, Sibayas is rumored to, you know, increase his contract, which will make him yeah. another you know, just midfield reinforcement for us. Mm-hmm. I, I think he can play good as a deep line playmaker. What do you think? I, I don't think so, because we've seen, I think it was the Almeria game, he subbed on Sabayos at left wing, and Sabayos is playing up, up, up higher up the pitch. Yeah, I don't but see again, like... as a holding midfielder, to be honest. I don't. I see him more as the, more even as more advanced than Modric in his position-wise. Like, he plays more wide or more forward. I don't see him as the holding midfielder. I think Arsenal used him in that position when he was on loan, didn't they? Uh... I think they did. More survivors. like a left, uh, left defensive, like on the one side, like he yeah. wasn't just central defensive. No, yeah, but they have the double pivot. They've had it since yes. Arteta started. But I don't but think it was Jaka and him. Yeah, he didn't like. Yeah. He wasn't the best. Yeah, no, he's not a he's not a DM. I think if you wanted to, let's say, okay, we've discussed Chouameni. We've seen that yes, Chouameni can eventually replace Casemiro. Straight swap, sure. Mm-hmm. But let's say Chouameni uh, is struggling. What do we do? We have we've seen Cruz and double pivot. With, we can even drop Valverde back there, who would be brilliant. We've seen lots of players, but you need to change the whole system to accommodate for that. The last time we saw Cruz in a double pivot was 2014-15 season, where, again, mm. we didn't have Casemiro. Yeah, or, exactly. We had Kadira, who was a national defensive midfielder, who yeah. was injured, and then we saw mm. Ramos play as a defensive midfielder in the yeah. game against Juventus. Yeah, which I don't want to talk about. (laughs) So, um, Um, let me just bring this up as like a, you know, sort of a tangent, but similarities between Ancelotti's second season in his first stint and second season now. So, in his first season, we won Champions League, same as this this time. Barcelona signs 
a best number nine currently in Europe, mm-hmm. which Bar- again Barcelona did this time. Last time they signed Suarez, this time they signed Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we lost Casemiro in his second season last time, which is the same thing that has happened. And if history is about to repeat itself, I would say Barcelona might end up winning the treble because that's what they did last time when we fell just short. Don't scare me like that, man. I don't... don't (laughs) No, that's what I was weighing on my mind. I just wanted to get it out out loud and just say it. Because there was like too many similarities. We we won two trophies, two domestic trophies last in this first season and that's what we did this season as well. Maybe like not this, like the second stint Mm -hmm. for season for... Yeah, um, last time it was Xavi and this time it's Casemiro. Different but players. still have Xavi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't have Xavi like in his first. He we he was there in his first season. Yeah, first season, but not in the second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He left so, in after the preseason. Yeah, late offer, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna put some money on Barcelona to win the treble. We've discussed Germany, Ceballos, Cruz, which I think Ancel- is Ancelotti's choice to be the defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yes, very unfortunately. <laughs> but there's also one player who has played as a defensive midfielder for Bayern Munich, and that's Alaba. Mm-hmm. Would yes, we see? That's a huge one. Because if Rudiger, let's say Rudiger does play defense from the start, then Alaba can yeah. slide in as a defensive yeah. midfielder because he can go up front, he can score goals, he can his as passing seen, is great. Yeah, past two games, Alaba has two goals. He scored in the yeah. Super Cup and he's scoring against Almeria. So I, I don't Alaba, see why he yeah. wouldn't be tested as a defensive midfielder. I agree. I think Alaba would be, let's say, like next game, Chouamani's injured. I think Alaba goes straight into the CDM position. I don't see exactly. any other competition because and Alaba, despite being less of a physical player than Casemiro, sure, he is he's more better clinical. on the ball. He was more, yeah, yeah, he's better on the ball. He'll advance more. He'll give you, as we said, Casemiro needs those outlets. Alaba doesn't necessarily. Alaba can do things on his own. We've seen him mm-hmm. play left back. He can carry the ball. He can challenge defenders, and he can advance, create a pass. It'll give you a goal. We've seen that, and I think Alaba would be the most sensible um, straight swap at the moment, unless Chouamani gets some revelation. I think Alaba is the best option right now. Yeah, exactly. In my opinion, as well, because think about this: uh, Rudiger starts with Milishao in defense, and Alaba starts, mm-hmm. and it can be interchangeable, like because Alaba exactly. is also a central oh, back. Yeah. And yeah. when if there's it comes to substitutions, then Chouamani can replace Rudiger and Alaba will go back to centre back position. Chouamani comes yeah. in as a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I really hope yeah. Ancelotti listens to our podcast. He's probably a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> Please follow. I beg you. And yeah. uh, it would be uh, it would be like an ideal scenario for all of the players because Cruz, I don't think he enjoys playing yeah. as a defensive midfielder. No, even if he does enjoy it, we don't get as much output from him as a defensive midfielder. Exactly. It inhibits a lot. It inhibits a lot. And he's not mm-hmm. good, frankly, as a center defensive midfielder. Exactly. He's not uh, He's not the right kind of player for us. Maybe in a double pivot, he would be okay. Not yeah. the best. But as a solo, like just as a center defender, I don't think he's going to work mm-hmm. at all. No. Well, I don't I, know. I, like, I obviously, Carlo knows better because he's he watches yeah. the players. Obviously. But again, Cruz is... 33, is he, is he not 33, 32? No, I think he's 31. Isn't he? He's old anyway. Yeah. And uh, he's yeah. pushing towards that. So I don't think he would want to have a more physical role in the midfield. I think yeah. he likes what he does now. I don't want to yeah. speak for Cruz, so but hopefully he yeah. echoes my concerns about him being a CDM. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you I mean, know like, another saw, stat Carlo... for... Like people say, Casemiro is reckless. I just wanted to bring this up. Sorry. Yeah. Casemiro's I like this errors. Casemiro's errors per ninety mm. minutes is zero point zero eight. So he has to play twelve and a half games to commit one whole mistake. If yeah. on average, Nowadays, if we if we go by, sense. so every twenty five yeah. games he's making only two mistakes, but for mm. some reason he comes off as like oh he's error prone, or something like that. I mean, yeah, his. If you look at the other side of his, uh, like in in terms of pressure, every game he he has like sixteen times like he goes for the pressure uh, presses and sixty mm-hmm. percent of the time he succeeds, you know, get, in getting mm-hmm. the ball, but he does get triple passed a lot, and is mm-hmm. probably like second um, 
Chiuameni is close to him in terms of getting dribble pass, but it's like 1.14 for Chiuameni every 90 mm. minutes compared to 1.33. But again, Chiuameni is more error prone than Casemiro in just pure terms of numbers. I don't have numbers for Chiuameni, but Casemiro mm -hmm. is not as error prone as he looks. No, not at all. Especially if you're considering the past like three seasons, um, mm -hmm. he's a different player than we saw in like 15, 16, 16, 17. I remember, um, I think it was Deportivo game where he committed, I believe it was two mistakes that both led to goals, if I'm not mistaken. Um, was it like 2017, 18? Uh, no. Um, Is it like when no, 15, Ramos 16. scored the header in the 19th minute? Uh, 15, 16. I know it was the 15, 16 season when uh, it was against Deportivo. The ball was like the yellow and orange one. I'm pretty sure 15, 16 when he committed the two errors against Deportivo and it led to them scoring twice. Okay. And, uh, I think it was the game? one where we came back. I think it was the one where we came back in the end. Yeah, so I think it was yeah, Deportivo at... It was just before the club World Cup. Ronaldo wasn't playing. Bale wasn't playing. Most of our players were arrested because yeah. uh, Jose Lu scored twice. Yeah, that's the one. But one of the, right. one of the mistakes was from Navas, though. Navas rushed oh, the ball. I guess. And... Because yeah. uh, Mariano scored in that game. Like a very... <laughs> very like a great header. Morata scored. Yeah. Made it 2-1. Yeah, uh, that's right. Mariano scored in 90 plus two. There was a huge brawl from a cor like corner. And the second, yeah. there was another corner and then Drama scored. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. Yeah, that, that Casemiro back then was a different, um, he was more of a center. I remember we used to think he was more of a center back than a, a defensive midfielder. He didn't have the quality on the ball he that was, he has now. He was more like a high pressing center back, basically. Yeah, yeah, like a Rudiger type player. Yeah, even Rudiger but, now we see is better on the ball. Mm -hmm. He's great on the ball. But that season he scored in Champions League final. The pinball goal, uh, which probably deflected 100 times. And so with the back season? of the net. No, that was yeah, the that was, that was a Cardi season. final. No, that was a Cardi no. final. 16-17. Yes. Is that the 16-17? Oh, you're right, maybe. Mm -hmm. oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it was the 16-17 season. Yeah, yeah, because that jersey was like the blue, yeah, the, yeah. the screamer. The purple, I mean, right? Mm -hmm. That was a great goal. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like, I watched it a hundred times. Yeah, but, um, I remember. Yes, Casemiro has, hasn't been reckless. Chouameni, on the other hand, he, uh, like in last podcast, uh, Al Vikingo mentioned, he loses many tackles. He does get triple mm. pass sometimes. He is not uh, a guy who leads to, like errors leading to goals. He's not that kind of player, but again, he does not win most of his tackles. So... Yeah. He will take time I like, think to, to fit into this team. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of that uh, um, quote-unquote recklessness from uh, Chuameni's side, I think it just, just comes from experience. He's younger, he's inexperienced. Mm -hmm. He puts in a tackle when he sees, oh, I should tackle this guy. He puts in a tackle, even if it's not the smartest decision. But with time and being surrounded by players like Cruz and Modric, um, and uh, Ancelotti obviously has a brilliant footballing mind, these guys can all help him advance his uh, his decision making and his uh, the right times to do specific things, and I think we'll see a big change in Germany this season. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he rises to the occasion. And oh, yeah. uh, if you had to go into the market to buy a replacement, mm. would you go? Because we are linked with Hoybier from Spurs, the mm. Danish midfielder, yeah. who I think. Mm. Uh, if you look at the last two Spurs recruitments Madrid had, and if he's anything yeah. like that, I will say give as much money as you want and bring that guy. Because last two recruitments uh, were Bale and mm -hmm. Modric. Modric. And I would say that's money well spent. Yeah, I agree. I haven't watched too much of Spurs to give a proper analysis of my own thoughts. Um, but Hoiberg must be good enough to be um, linked with us. So there has to be something there. Exactly, I because I think individually him, but... on paper, maybe he's, he's a great player because, again, he's surrounded by Eric Dyer and Harry Winks and the likes. So I, I wouldn't so, yeah. judge a guy with those players around him. Yeah. I would want to see him in a more different setting. But uh, yeah. let's see. Like I wouldn't mind new reinforcements, especially if he's coming for cheap and is not charging mm. much. I wouldn't. I don't see why we shouldn't give it a like, try, you know? Even like somebody mm. on loan would be good, and maybe like option to buy something like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, it could be. If we're looking for a direct replacement, like we want him right now and starting a lineup, it would be either Fabinho or Rodri. 
But I think mm-hmm. those players are untouchable for their teams. Yeah, Rodri, again, so if we, again, discuss his stats, he mm-hmm. has probably the worst stats among, so we're going to be putting these stats in the video when we uh, post it. Yeah. There are, so we have we are comparing Rodri, Fabinho, Casemiro, Chouameni, and Sergio Busquets. Rodri has probably the least, uh, like, like lowest stats among these five midfielders, but mm. it's mainly because of the football that City plays. Yeah, like his tackles are mostly come in the mid third and the attacking third, and in attacking third, he probably has the highest number of uh, tackles made. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think he's a bad replacement because he's good on the ball. He has yeah. highest number Otherwise, of passing yeah. while being pressured, because again, that's the kind mm-hmm. of football City plays. They keep the yeah. ball. Yeah. So yeah. he he would be a great replacement for Casemiro, but he's not going to leave. Like I don't think he would want to oh, let no, no. let go of City, or City would not let him go for cheap. Yeah, because the no, money no coming in there. for Casemiro is probably just you know breaking even with Chouameni's money. Yeah, and I don't think Fabinho is t- well. I know Fabinho is untouchable for Liverpool as well. He's important to their system, the way they play. Is is thirty, isn't he? Like 28, 29? I think he's the same age as Casemiro. Yeah, 29. So it wouldn't but make yeah, sense no, to I, go in market no, for a 30-year-old. As no, much as I like Fabinho, like since his, uh, I think, Monaco days. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a solid guy. He can play centre-back. He has insane yeah. shooting. So basically yeah. a Casemiro, but a taller one. Yeah. yeah. And less hair. But um, <laughs> shouldn't be digging yeah, into people's hair. Not gonna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think we have the replacement with Casemiro at home. He's here. We signed yes. Chouameni for $80 million, not to just have him on the bench. Or Camavinga. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't even discuss Camavinga sliding into the sixth row. We've seen the way he tackles and the way he's on the ball. He's good. Yes, he's, he's good. But again, he likes to push forward. He likes to carry the ball and yeah. move forward. He might end up you know, leaving too much space. And he, like, he needs to have a very high work rate if he wants to make that work. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would like to see him you know, slide into this role. Maybe he might mm-hmm. end up being a great replacement for Casemiro. You never know. But this year is going to be more of a trial and error because we don't have a straight yeah. swap for Casemiro right now. I agree. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. Carlos is going to have to look at the stats. Or sorry, his uh, his tactics the way he plays the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. But I think the biggest one is the way that we play football. We depend on Casemiro big time to uh, to kind of cover up mistakes or like losses of the ball, and he does. And I don't think we have another player currently at this very moment that fits that profile. So I think Carlos is going to have to make some changes in the midfield um, in his system to kind of compensate for the loss of Casemiro. As long as it doesn't end up Modric playing centre forward, I don't mind him experimenting <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> yeah, I mentioned this in the last forward. yeah and yeah yeah in the last, in the last podcast, podcast I mentioned yeah yeah please Carlo if you're listening I know you're listening I know you're a fan <laughs> please don't. I can't take that again. Yeah, no. That was, I that don't was want Cruz Modric. No, that was a that was a bad idea. Thank you, Carlo. I appreciate your uh, concern. Yes, we uh, love you. Just don't do this again. <laughs> we want to yeah, see you. I just uh, be here for third season, you know. Yeah, more, even more. I wouldn't mind. The only good thing that has come out of this Casemiro saga so far is that Madrid might be in the business again for players, but mm-hmm. not essentially yeah. for a midfielder. Yeah, I like that. I don't want a yes. center midfielder. We don't need another one. If we get a right Even winger, though. or yeah. if we get a center forward, I would be ecstatic. I think the big thing with uh, with all these new talks, like getting a right winger, where does that leave Fede? He will literally just slot into the midfield. He can't I think play right now Fede plays. Yeah, I think Valverde more mainly plays fill in the blanks role. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He's he has like yeah, I, as I said, Fernandinho kind of. Ability, he has. Yeah, he's like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Because one time yeah, I, I saw him play as a right back. One time I think somebody yeah. got a red card. I think it was Milishaw in uh, twenty like Zidane's last season, mm-hmm. and he got a red card very early in the game. Uh, and yeah. Valverde played as a centre back. I think in that game. So we've seen him play everywhere. I think Valverde. Exactly. So he's more like a. He doesn't have probably. his own style of play. Like oh, he passes on mostly to his left. Nothing like that. He's just playing mm-hmm. wherever he can because again, he wants to play more like a Vasquez. He, 
the guy is going to play anywhere he can just to play for Madrid mm. or Nacho. Yeah. He will slide into any position. So I think yeah. Valverde is more like that. But again, he does it with so much intensity and passion that yeah. he ends up looking great because of his work rate. Yeah. Similar to Vasquez, yeah. but I hope he doesn't end up like Vasquez. And uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, if he goes back to his natural position, which is like a center mid, he will mm-hmm. develop in that role and maybe end up replacing uh, Modric or Cruz in the future. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah, stop experimenting definitely. Valverde as a right winger because he doesn't have winger qualities to be like a proper winger. Yeah, he yeah, we've well. seen a lot where, yeah, we've seen a lot where Valverde he on paper will put the four three three out there Valverde right wing Vinny left wing, but really in the game he's covering for Carvajal and he's more playing centrally so it's more of like a exactly. two striker formation. We have Vinny and Benzema up top, and even Benzema drops back and Vinny stays up, or yeah. Vinny drops back and Benzema stays up. Valverde can play anywhere, but in the midfield he's very Modric esque. He'll carry the ball from the midfield all the yes. way up to the forwards. And he's, he's good at tackling. He basically, as yeah. I said, he does everything. He does everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, he can be anywhere we need him to. Mm-hmm. So let's just give him a break from his unnatural duties and yeah. bring him back to the midfield. I don't want to say unnatural. Yeah. It sounds like it's something you know weird. No, but no, that's the right word for it. Yeah, yeah but that I is what you mean. unusual. Not yeah. even that's. <laughs> That's not the right word, but uh, uh, it's not his yeah. uh, preferred, I guess, uh, his preferred position to play in the, on the pitch. Now let's go back to Casemiro and him being, because oh, he's the man of the discussion here. Yes, yes. Tactically, do you see him fitting in United? Like, is he is his style of play going to suit or like complement the players around him? I think. I think Casemiro is. He will give United part, a big part of what they need. I don't think he is everything that they need. Yes, exactly. Get what I'm, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Especially, well, they have Eriksen now. He is that kind of outlet for Casemiro. They have Bruno, who is sometimes on fraud watch and sometimes he's arguably the best midfielder in the Prem. We don't even know anymore. I don't think United fans know. Um, but. I, I see Casemiro fitting in, yeah. Unless, well, we need Maguire to actually do his job to not make Casemiro look bad. But I think Casemiro fits into that team. Yeah, definitely. So, like, again, if I go back to my weird analogies, I will say hmm. they have lost. Like, imagine your toe is gone, like, oh, you've cut your toe completely hmm. and your bone is sticking out. Any, any toe. <laughs> so you're not going to put a band-aid over it because it's not going to fix anything. Yeah, but yeah. like yeah, and Casemiro is is more like uh you know like iodine like just like a disinfectant. They have poor disinfectant, which is the right step in the right direction, but yeah. it's not yeah. all of the steps. They still need yes. to get the gauze. They need to get the other ointment, put it over, bandage. Like there's so many steps. Like there's so many players that they need to fill. So right yeah, now they have they have taken the right step in the right direction. Ten Hag. I'm hoping Casemiro is his signing and not like a just, you know, reactionary signing that, oh, we mm. need something to fill the hole and let's just bring some big name that every everybody wants and maybe he'll be the right choice. So let's hope he's not that. Mm-hmm. And so, as you said, like Lissandro, just... maybe he, we might just see them swap places because with Casemiro's mm-hmm. age and Lissandro being more active, we can. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it would be the case, at least for the first season. Maybe... Yeah, as the season progresses, we can see yeah we can see something new like, changes. Again, coming to this point of fitting and performing well in his position, because a lot depends on the current form, as these players are going to go on to play in the World Cup. So yes, that's a big playing problem. for United. Let's let's hope that Casemiro doesn't do well. No, but did I say let's hope? No, I didn't mean to say yeah, let's said, hope. Said I said let's... like. Yeah. I'm really sorry. No, I wanted to say let's hope uh, Casemiro makes a World Cup. No, I said yeah. let's imagine for a second that uh, the f- like Casemiro doesn't fit like a glove, and there was like a transitional phase, so right. he ends up picking a bad form until the World Cup. How much do you mm-hmm. think it would affect his chances in the Brazil squad? Would he be dropped, or would it not matter at all? I think we have to remember, and everybody that's listening has to remember. Casemiro won the Champions League 83 days ago. He got man of the match in our Super Cup match 
against Frankfurt, he is top, top, absolute top of the defensive midfielders in the world right now. I think um, Brazil's coach is Tite, right? Yeah, it's their coach. Yeah, I think, let's say Casemiro does pick up bad form until November when the squads have to be submitted and um, he's struggling at United. I think Tite has to take into consideration the club that he's playing for. He's the players around him. Just like Ronaldo. Look at Ronaldo. He hasn't scored in a couple of games, I guess. Um, do you think Portugal is not going to call him up? No, of course not. It's Cristiano. No question he's going to be the first name on that sheet, right? I think it should be the exact same for Casemiro. He so of course, there. there's going to be no an international break in September. So I think uh, even if he doesn't do well, let's say next couple of games in mm-hmm. international break, he probably will show them what he's got. So oh, yeah. because sure. it would, I think he must have weighed in that possibility as well because he that's the only one of thing course. he hasn't won. He's won a Copa yeah, America. Right. He's won under twenty World Cup, but not the best World Cup there is. So. <laughs> Just one of them, you know, it's Brazil. You never yeah. know. These guys can do anything. But again, yeah. since it's Brazil, they're not short of players. They have of Fabinho. They have Bruno Guimaraes. They have yeah, yeah. probably some few more players playing somewhere. We mm-hmm. don't know. And so it's yeah. not like they're short of players. Mm-hmm. So I agree. And they have Fred as well. But if Fred, <laughs> it would be a cold day in hell, maybe Fred <laughs> makes it to World Cup <laughs> and gets it. Oh, no. No way. Uh, I would lose trust in football after that. Fred, Fred in Brazil's team, he's done admirable. Like I wouldn't say he's a bad player when he plays for Brazil. No. I don't think he's a bad player in general. He's not. They just don't use him in the right role. He's forced to play a six. He's not a six. It's like putting Cruz in a six and saying, oh, he's doing badly. Fred is not a six. We saw him at Shakhtar. I remember he yeah. was a class player at Shakhtar. Lots of teams were in for him, and he chose United, or probably money chose him. But either way, he's a Again, good Fred, player. But he's just in the wrong role. Fred wasn't the manager's choice to be signed. He was more mm. like, uh, "Oh, we have money. Let's just spend it on something." Yeah. It's like my brother, but you know, when he goes to a shop, yeah. and he has money, it's like, "I want to spend it." Like before he leaves the shop, I'm like, "It's not a competition. <laughs> it's not a compulsion." I think that's how what United is. It's like, "Oh, guys, we have money this yeah. quarter." Let's spend yeah. it on something, sell some t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, so, fair enough, yeah. Everybody wants a shirt with the name Fred on the back. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's a good point too. You know. yeah, but again, anyway, yeah. coming back to the player in question and his position, uh, you said it's not going to matter if he plays uh, no. well or not for United. He could break his leg. Honestly, Casemiro could break his leg be fit in November and he would be maybe the second name on the team sheet after Gabriel Jesus' form right now. And Neymar. So, yeah, because probably this factor also weighed in on his decision-making. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if I leave and play for United. That's why it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think he feels safe. He feels safe knowing his position in the national team is cemented. And you can't fault him for that either. Would you say 2018... Casemiro would have made the same decision. Let's say into, by by 2018, Casemiro has what he like the legacy he has now, mm-hmm. but he's younger. Would you still say that? Oh, he would have still chosen United over Madrid and be like, oh, That's I would a, still be get, picked up for World Cup. That's a really good question. Actually, I did not think of that, and that requires a lot of thought. If he had the same legacy he had now, same trophies, same everything. How old was he in 2018? Four years ago. So he's what 26. 26. Wow. Because in 2018, they had, uh, they still had Fabinho, who, who was still amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't have Fred. Yeah. I don't, Wait, I, so you're asking me? Are you asking me if blank because 2018? Yeah. Are you asking me if in 2018, would he have made this transfer to go to United? Yeah. A 26-year-old Casemiro, do you think he would have made this switch? Because even then, he had three Champions Leagues to his name. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, I don't think there are many other players except Madrid players who have three Champions League to their name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's none. I actually, I mean, there I are many, yeah, but like I currently, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he would have? I I think he wouldn't have because by in twenty sixteen he was still hungry. Like he was in a great mm. like with a great bunch of players. He yeah. 
he was young and he had many more things to prove staying in Madrid because uh, the thing is this World Cup is coming at a weird time end of this like yeah. year yeah. back then season, yeah. yeah, in the summer you would know what's happening but let's say the yeah. 2018 World Cup was in the summer sorry uh, in the winter, winter and you yeah. need like good first half of the season to establish yourself to be in the squad for the World Cup mm-hmm. then Casemiro 26 year old Casemiro with three Champions Leagues to his name and imagining like United is what it is today. I don't think he would have made mm. the switch and, you know, thought of looking bad with them because he knew that he wasn't an of starter for Brazil then. So he wouldn't be mm. chosen in any case. So maybe I now he I can make that you. decision because he's, he's more se- he's a senior player now in Brazil squad. Yeah. Four years yeah. ago, he wasn't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he would have gone, especially if United are in the same boat there now. I don't think he would have made that switch. I think he really took into consideration his age and the uh, and the Paris he's dealing with. He knows Paris wouldn't have given him the same term that United is giving him for the same money. So I think yeah. this is more of like a his final paycheck, you know? Yeah, because in, tw- in yeah in 2018, Paris would have been like, oh, this guy's still 26. He's good for next six, seven years. If yeah. United is offering him 12 million, I might match this offer because I want this player for the next couple of years. Yeah. If not more, you see Casemiro back then, he would have probably offered him more than United. But Because I now, think Kante is similar age to Casemiro, or is he like older? I think he's a similar age. I think he's like 30, 31. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think Perez would have tr- tried to match the offer because Casemiro was mm. still good. He was still integral part of this yeah. KCM. Yeah, he was so, still climbing up to his peak. I think and last also year, like, like the, yeah. Sorry, uh, Casemiro knows... Uh, Paris is not going to match yeah. this offer now. Yeah, twelve million yeah, from United. Not. No way. He's going to be like, yeah. finish your contract and leave if you want to. I'm not going to match this yeah. offer. He didn't even try to convince him to stay, which is fair enough. You don't need to. Casemiro, as we said at the very start, he's earned the right to make this decision. Conclude this whole saga. Mm-hmm. I would just like to say that uh, I'm very happy for Casemiro that he's going to uh, a reputed club. And yeah. he will where he will be valued for his game. I am very upset that somebody like him is leaving the midfield, the legendary midfield of KCM, because yeah. it won't be replicated for at least like next five six years. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we're still Real Madrid, as much as yeah. it hurts today, and we don't know what future holds for us. We will get over it sooner or later. Mm-hmm. We will come back from it. Of course. Never doubt uh, Perez's decisions. We've judged him and ridiculed him for so many things he's done over the mm-hmm. past five years, but every time it's turned out in the good for us. Every single time. I mean, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Because yeah. last year, we only signed Alaba to compensate for losing uh, Ramos and mm-hmm. Varane. We all questioned their decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Look how it turned out. Militao. I wouldn't say, like, oh, Militao we were great or... defensively better than them. No. We would have loved to have them, but we managed. Yeah. We overcame our deficits, and it was it was all okay. You know, it was okay. We won all's the well. League. It was fine. All yeah. all's well. That ends well. Like it was a decent season. You know, just one Champions League, <laughs> one La Liga, just a domestic double. Yeah. Oh, like it's some okay. like you know irrelevant trophy in some uh, Super <laughs> Copa or something. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will be coming with every weekly recaps and some special episodes to follow soon so stay tuned we'll be bringing you lots lots more of content and uh, it was great to speak with you Aramash and hopefully we'll get to do this soon thank you Wolf it was a pleasure being here I loved it